Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, all right, Jordan Gray here. Welcome back to the Transplaining Podcast, where me, Jordan Gray, that person who I just mentioned, attempts to answer one big and one small question posed by a very special guest. And um, what I normally do is I enlist the help of a single special co-host. Single? What a ridiculously small number that is. One, I say, do it more than that. Let's have two, in fact. What I've got today is a special collection of co-hosts, Mr. Ross McGrain and John Oakes. Hello. Are you all right? Hooray! Oh, it feels so shy. weird to hooray yourself, doesn't it? It feels very arrogant. Oh, I do that every morning, mate. <laughs> Wake up, big hooray for me. Yeah. <laughs> We're having a good time at the moment, aren't we? Living the life of Riley, us lot, having a good time. Living the dream, aren't we? We just, are. Just a, just a group of London funny people. Yeah. We're up in the big city, the big smoke. That's what I thought when I got you in. I thought, you know what the world needs is more of this accent. <laughs> Low, and then guess, oh, we've only got Esther Manito coming on as well. That's more, more of the same, yeah. more of this accent. Yeah, this is, like, this is like an Essex takeover. I saw people literally clutching their belongings as we all did. <laughs> and yet sitting here with fancy little coffees, the two of you, Mate, little boffins. You, this little coffee makes my day. You're not a fan of an espresso, are you, Jordan Gray? I can't drink a coffee. It makes me feel empty inside. <laughs> like, it, does not, the, yeah. it, does, it does the opposite for me. It's the only way I feel like a real person. Person is if I drink this tiny little black gold, as I like to think of it. Because <laughs> you've got um, a tiny little tummy. But it, I've, I love it in a small cup as well, like a proper little espresso That's because cup. You're a small man. No, and it looks like a normal size. <laughs> I like to pretend I'm a giant. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes I eat a, uh, I eat a whole, you know, like a Kit Kat chunky. I put four of those together and enjoy it. <laughs> If you leave them next to each other on a sunny day, let them congeal into one. Um, let's let's uh, introduce you to the listenership, Ross and John, slick boys, uh, presenters of Radio Essex fame. How long have you known each other? Ten years, I think. It is about ten years, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, about decade. the same as the sentence for manslaughter, I think. Yeah. yeah. There used to be three of you. <laughs> You're bound by a secret that you're not supposed to tell. Uh, no, yeah, we, we met. Uh, we, we actually met on stage, didn't we? Pretty probably. much, yeah. yeah, we, yeah. We, we were doing... Um, uh, an improv course. This was probably a bit longer than ten years. Actually, it was before I started stand up. And John, very good improviser, has been for a while. I mean, this never sounds funny when you recount it, but it's not my podcast. So we'll tell it. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> we, we were doing a game called Freeze Tag, where you sort of you're acting out a scene based on suggestion, yeah. and then one of the other players will freeze and then assume one of the physical positions that a player is in. And then take the scene in a different direction. So if if we was doing the YMCA and I was halfway through and I had I was doing the letter C and you yell freeze, I stay in C. You come in, assume the shape of C, and carry on in a different scene. direction. Absolutely, right. so yeah. like you would be maybe I don't know chucking a big old boulder over your head. That's an excellent. That. Improv. I enjoyed that. <laughs> and that's why, and that's why we're a partnership. Did you hear that improv? That happened right there and then. That was perfect. Uh, yeah, and I think we were we were in a scene that involved me being really crouched down like on the floor, sort of uh, in in like a What's the, what's the yoga pose? Child's called? pose, I think you're thinking of. Child's pose. Yeah. And then you come and join next to me and looked at me and went, isn't it shit being a seed? Yeah. 
That was and, it. And I was like, I'm going to marry this. I was part of the scene. That yeah. was, oh, that's yeah, lovely yeah, yeah. suggestion. So, and then yeah. you grew into a lovely flower. Yeah. And then yes. the two of us together grew into this rose between two thorns as we are right now. Yeah, we did our first stand-up comedy gig together and then ended up doing some community radio and then got poached from community radio to commercial radio. Mm-hmm. Not enough people get poached nowadays. Nice. <laughs> I, know, I don't think I've ever been poached, <laughs> physically or metaphorically. That's when nice. You, when you, that's weird, isn't it, poaching? Because a lot of things in the English language have got two meanings. Like, poached mm. is one of those. Like To poach something is to, to shoot it when you're not supposed to shoot it. Or and to cook it slowly. To cook it in water, isn't it? Or to be taken away from... Yeah, it's got three meanings. three meanings. Look at that. The English well, language I is think, mad. I think the poached that we're referring to, though, is the same as the poached, like the hunting poach. Is it? Well, yeah, that's the, the, because they've poached you, for the, took you from somewhere where you were. Forcibly mm. removed you from your homeland and taken you and put you Oh, not forcibly, we were very willing. <laughs> <laughs> different, different budgets, mate. We'll do, exactly, we'll do exactly as we're told for the right amount of money, Jordan Gray. Well, since you say that is a segue, right, because the point of this podcast is that we explain ideas that perhaps we're not experts on from the get-go okay. to a special guest. Um, are there any areas that you, separately from one another, distinct from one another, have areas of expertise? What oh, would, are know. you experts in? What's your mastermind topic? Or whatever? I mean, expert is a, is a strong word, mm. but I, I love cooking. Very good. At, I, I love food. I'm he very, nearly I'm, said, I'm means... very good at cooking there, didn't he? He is. <laughs> to be fair, he won't say it himself. He'll try and say it. He, he is a very good cook. I'm, I'm, very I'm, good. Yes, I'm, yeah, and, for... and a fan of food. I'd take my recommendations from you for yeah. food. Yeah, I'm a, very, I'm a very opinionated person, basically, and I like nice things. So when it comes to food, you know, I'll tell you whether it's good or not. Yeah. When you say that you like nice things, you sound angry about it, though. <laughs> at what point does the joy creep into that's, the experience? That's growing up on, a, on an Essex council estate. Yeah. You know, any, anything that might be bringing you joy, you, it's like you shouldn't be feeling this emotion. <laughs> Stuff it down. <laughs> put, put that down. That joy is too expensive. <laughs> um, I'd, I'd say I'm the sort of opposite of that. I don't really have an area of expertise. I'm quite good. I'm quite, I'm all right. I'm like passable at most things. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, do most same. things for the first time. I'm like a uh, what's the th- a, a jack of all trades and master of none. Yep. I'm pr- I'm pretty alright at most things. I'll tell you what John's good for, not for his expertise in a particular subject, but for his uh his stoicism and <laughs> and just the fact that he is that he is the biggest skeptic you will ever meet in your life. He, he doesn't believe in space. I know he can't touch. No, it. it's not that I don't believe. You don't in it. believe in sp- <sighs> right. So what's your beef with space? I I do vaguely recall trying to explain yeah. to you. Me and Ross trying to explain to you how light speed works. Yeah, <laughs> you're just like, and I'm you not didn't believe it, it yeah. happened. So you haven't got I, a choice the thing, whether I to have it or not. This is. <laughs> I sort of do believe it, but I don't give a shit about it. Do you <laughs> know what I mean, it's too far away and it's too big and expansive. Why? I've got too much going on in my life. Right. Why am I bothered about that? Well, that's a very anthropocentric view of the world. And what that means is because you're a human, you think of life in terms of a human. Yeah. So, which is fair because yeah. you are one. Do you <laughs> but... know what I mean? Like an ant doesn't give a shit about a kitchen table, does it? It's not, th- it's just too big and Actually, too Actually, I'd say that is, that's a big part of an ant's life, mate. <laughs> what yeah. a kitchen that's where table? All the food is. <laughs> yes, but a food you know is. Many, but when you're you an ant. kitchen tables an ants have, have had to traverse. Yeah, but they life. don't know it's a kitchen table. They're just like, I go on this big old journey, I get the food, I take it home, I feed the queen, I fulfill my purpose and then I die. That's an ant's purpose, isn't it? It's it's feed Some other human's things. purpose as yeah, well. That's my purpose. Yeah, feed the Eat, queen. Die. That's yeah. it. I think it's a bit out of order you assuming an ant's purpose, to be honest. How many conversations with ants have you had? More than you might imagine. <laughs> I miss red ants as well. Do you remember when red ants were a thing? I thought you said you miss you like you miss red ants. Like there was a time <laughs> oh, that you thought red. you thought more of ants. No. I no, mean, you know I what? Mean... I like those little guys now. I like the cut of their jibs. <laughs> I misjudged them. I thought they were one thing. Um I uh yeah, I miss red ants. You don't get red ants anymore, do you? You do get red ants. Not in mate. the UK. I think mate. they've gone underground. Like they it's have. like red squirrels. Both will emerge. <laughs> <laughs> the red army will return at some point. Red ants. In anger. Yeah. Maybe they left about the same time as white dog poo. They Remember probably that? did, yeah. We had fun at the old 
Palladium, didn't we, at the oh, London Palladium? No, you two Christ. let you loose on the thing when it was empty. And I, Ross, I heard you crawled under the stage. Did you both crawl under the stage to find Bruce Forsyth's plaque? Yeah, well, I mean, crawl is, a, is an extreme. I'm quite a small person, so I just walked about like it was normal. <laughs> yeah, straight in. Um, well, yeah, so there's like, so Bruce's ashes are in like this, uh, like back room bit where the production, like, you know, all the crew and stuff hang out. Underneath the London Literally Palladium. Literally under the under stage. Under the stage, right? yeah. But there's also a crawl space, which is under, under the stage. And right. yeah, I did go down there as well. I figured like, you know, when in Rome, you visit the Colosseum. You've got to have a look around, don't you? <laughs> I want, yeah. You are such a tourist, though. You'd like to do all the touristy things. Yeah, I went in the Royal Box and I like sat. There was four seats he, in there. He sat on every single chair, so he's definitely sat on the one that the Queen yeah. is <laughs> Is that is that's normal, right? That's not normal, mate. What I will say is, it was like an episode of Scooby Doo, watching the two of you popping from box to box <laughs> to door. Every time I looked up from my rehearsal, you was in two different positions, never together at the same time, no. but across the place. Like you know, obviously we, we've been friends for a long time, and to see you know your rise to fame happen in such a small space of time, it was just I, I was absolutely nerding out yeah. being in the London Palladium, and then to watch you. Get a standing ovation in that room, mate. Just your what an it's, absolute. It's start. incredible. I don't know what it is about being with you two, but it just makes me want to misbehave and do things that I shouldn't do. Definitely. Do you know I, mean? <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. Well, with that in mind, welcome into the Transplaining Studio, our special guest for today, Esther Manito. Hello, Esther. John's disappeared, Ross. Where's he gone? One in, one out now. Oh, isn't it? well. Gone. Well, so John's not here. Esther's here, though. You John's keep got, him. John's got beef with me, though. That's why he won't be in the same room as me. That's the yeah. problem, yeah. yeah. yeah he's got a real we thing start... about tardiness, you see. <laughs> Should we, um, yeah, let's start a rumour. Basically, he asked me out. I said, do one. And now he refuses to be. I know that's a bit of a dodgy one, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's like it's a little bit close like to the bone, that one. Esmanito, <laughs> um, I'm going to do that thing, what people do on podcasts, where they look at you and say things about you for about 30 seconds and then we can get on with the normal conventions of a podcast. <laughs> Esther, you're from Essex as well as me and Ross. You're British Lebanese, though. We, me and Ross ain't. You started doing uh, stand-up comedy around 2016, having done a six-week course at the Camden Comedy School. You debuted at Fringe in 2019 with your show Crusade, and you were the first woman ever to perform at the Dubai Opera House. Are all those things accurate? They are. Good. God, you know more about me than I know about me. I've forgotten <laughs> half of that. I'm not going to lie to you, Esther. It's written on a piece of paper. So, uh, now we're here, though. We can do a podcast. And it'd be nice. I've not seen you for a while. We are a nice person. I love I love hanging out with you, talking to you. Now we're at a table. Let's we do haven't, more of Yeah, that. we haven't seen each other. Well, in Edinburgh, you were about, I was about, but I was scuttling to and from my show and yeah. just crying in between. I saw no one. <laughs> like a psychopath. Your, so your experience was tumultuous, was it, at the Edinburgh Fringe? It was a weird year this year for a lot of people, myself included. What a weird year we all had. Weird year. Show was nice. Audience was nice. But it's a very weird, it's a weird world, isn't it? You think everyone yeah. cares, and then you just come out. <laughs> you just come out of Edinburgh, literally you step off a Waverley station, and you're like, "Oh yeah, everyone's got their own lives." Just another yeah. flyer and a sea of flyers. You're mate. just there in Edinburgh, going, "Oh my God, the review's coming out tomorrow!" And literally, <laughs> everyone will be reading it, and people are just like, "Who? Who, Who are you? What? Definitely. What are you talking about?" I saw a rat. No, no, not a rat. I've, I've exaggerated that for my effect. I saw a bird eating my disintegrated flyer on the street, and I thought. That's I really wish amazing. I'd taken a picture of that because that just sums oh, up mate, my that, soul right that's now. That's symbolism, that is, isn't it? That should be on a uh, flag. Well, I reckon it'd be a good thing now, given the conventions of this podcast, is that we ask Esther Manito your big question. Do you have a big question that's something been on your mind 
And yeah, like, this has been on my mind since I was a child and I forgot that it was on my mind until my son raised it the other day. And it's like, if space ends, then what's outside it? If space ends, <laughs> just because they're everywhere. <laughs> they're everywhere. But and that I'm... used to do my head in as a child, yeah. this idea of infinity. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Doesn't it, it doesn't like, end, it, though, does it? It doesn't, it doesn't well, end. Well, we don't know. We can't get to the end of it. Doesn't that do your head in? Exactly. It's like Das Boot. You can't get to the end of it. (laughs) No, you're you're so right. And it's like, if you don't want to think about it, it's like, whatever. Like like John, who's now, I mean, he's notable by his absence. John (laughs) says, oh, it's too far away. Who cares? If you actually think about it, terrifying. Proper scary. It just shows how small you are and how none of it matters. I, I used to, I, being a, your archetypal stoner, these were the big questions we were asking when we were 15. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. it used to scare me then. But I think now I've channeled it into a place where it's like nothing actually matters. Nothing so when matters. When things crap, it's like just spinning around on a rock, mate. Yeah. Honestly, because you're just like, if space just goes on and on and on. Do you mean the further away you get from you now? less people are going to care. It's like the fringe metaphor is perfect. Like, the, <laughs> like they don't care one town outside of fringe. So if you keep going and going to the edge of the universe, they don't give a fuck Basically, about your four stars. Basically, what's it all about? Why <laughs> yeah. is it happening? Yeah. They don't yeah. give a shit about my stuff to the end of the Watford Gap, mate. Yeah. <laughs> That's as far as it goes. <laughs> there is an incredible theory about the edge of the universe that it's sort of like a donut. Like, stay with me. When you say, st- this is your subject, food. You look at the horizon of Earth and you think, well, we don't know what's beyond that. But of course, what we then discovered is if you keep going, it's really embarrassing for the first person that done it because they kept going and got back to where they started. That's the edge of the universe. But we can't see beyond it, even with our frames of reference and our brains can't picture beyond it. But really, just keep going. And it's like a donut and you're walking like inside the hole of the donut. I thought that if they did discover that we could get to the end of space, that outside of that is the potential for another galaxy. Like level two, like you've so, beaten, like, yeah. So we'll just right. there'll just be three people sat well, we can... in a podcast <laughs> in that galaxy, going, "What's it all about?" Well, that's but that's the th- we, we can see multiple <laughs> then, galaxies then, already, can't but, we? Yeah, but and if you but if nothing comes to an end, then how can we ever define distance? It really messes my head, and I'm not a, <laughs> I'm not a rational person. Yeah. I'm not rational. That's why I've got no common sense. So this really boggles my mind. What? just makes me angry, if anything. Well, well, that's the point, yeah. And I just can't, you know, as humans, what makes us humans is our curiosity and the fact that we've gone out, we've looked for all this stuff and we've found out all this information. And I think we've just got to a point now where we should just just stop now. Well, doesn't well, ma- matter. I, 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 I just want an answer. To that. Go on, I want an there. answer. If you can't answer it, then it shouldn't be happening. <laughs> well, well, <laughs> okay. that's, that's exactly it. You know, maybe it isn't happening. Maybe at the end, when you get to the end of the universe, you just maybe the whole thing is a conspiracy theory. The edge of the universe Universe. (laughs) is a conspiracy theory. I like it. Oh, I'll go down that route. I was I was looking for my edge. That'll be my (laughs) that'll be changed. Yeah, definitely next year's uh, shows. Fringe show is going to be a little bit more right wing than we thought. (laughs) Is that a right wing way of thinking now that there's there's no end of the universe? (laughs) Which is actually quite a progressive just, idea. Really. I'll just focus on that. Nothing yeah. else. <laughs> yeah, the I'll Earth is round. Edge. There's like Marilyn Monroe yeah. died of natural causes, but there's no edge of the universe. There's no edge of the universe. It just keeps going, mate. But doesn't that boggle your mind? Like, okay, we say there's an end of this room right there. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. the end. But if there is no end of the universe, you can't. Doesn't that, that fucking fuck you off? Yeah, but why? Is this what you said to your kid when he, when, he asked my, when my kid brought it up. I then ended up in a rant on my own. He lost interest. He walked away, just going, I'll leave her to it. There and I was goes. just there slamming the pots and pans around the kitchen, going, <laughs> does my head in. How, how old is your, your one? 
He's uh, seven. That's about the age. Yeah, you lie in bed thinking, is the I things you think, that, yeah. is there an edge to the universe? Do I see colours the same way other people see colours? Those are the things you think as a kid. When those two questions enter your mind, everything starts to get a bit blurry and weird. Yeah, I never got... I remember someone saying to me in school that was studying philosophy or something, and I was like, well, what was all that about? And they were like, well, you know, it's like your blue might not be my blue, so what is blue? That annoyed me because I did A-level philosophy and I came to the conclusion that is just what happens when wealthy men don't have any jobs to do around the house. <laughs> <laughs> All right, look, it, on that topic, I, I was in a taxi on the way here. Oh, God, um, you brag, <laughs> right? But I wrote a one-act play instead of talking to the, to the uh, taxi driver. You wrote a one-act play in the taxi? About the two of you. And this is it's a little play I like. All you got you can be in the play. It's called Sexism, right? All you got to do is answer my questions. Just say yes to my questions, right? Here's the play I wrote in the taxi. <clears throat> Ross, you got a kid, haven't you? Yes. Uh, do you look after her? Yes. Oh, you're such a good dad. That's really nice that you look after your kid. Well done, Esther. Have you got a kid? Yes. Do you look after him? Yes. What do you want a medal? End of the scene. <laughs> that's, sexism, that's that's a little player wrote called sexism. True, isn't it? It's brilliant. Isn't that true? Because dads get loads of credit they do. for looking after their kids. They get do, they do. You know they do. I I don't know what, what do you mean? <laughs> oh this is no, amazing. Gosh, this is blowing your mind. It's amazing. This is I love the way that this has blown your mind more than fucking space. You're what? like, what? Men get more praise? I, hold on a if minute. You what, a dad, what are you see a dad with a pram yeah. out and about, you're like, right. oh, he's taking time out of his day to walk his yeah. kid around the park. Mum with a pram, you're like, good, because where else is that kid going to be? She should... if you're you both got, working comedians as well, If aren't you got you, on yeah? the tube and your little one was screaming, everyone would be looking, giving you the supportive eyes, like, what can we do to help? Oh, no, they wouldn't. They'd be like, he's taking that kid, stop him. If I got on the train with my kid screaming, they'd be like, why can't she shut him out? Yeah, I mean, I'm fully aware that, generally speaking, men are useless for the first 18 years of that kid's life, let's be honest. No, men aren't useless, but they do get a lot of recognition. Yeah, it's disproportionate for the same job. In my personal experience, I wouldn't say that I've, felt any extra praise i wouldn't expect it so but i would i am doing a great job <laughs> you want to say she can have you so ever well been now. asked who's watching your kids while you do stand up oh, oh no, no, that's no. So okay so that's different that's yeah. really good who's watching your kids well i mean no no, no that's what i get asked. <laughs> yeah yeah who's, who's got kids. the kids and isn't he good for looking after the kids isn't he good yeah. that's wild yeah, that's but i find that really patronizing well like, you should yeah that is like we're two grown adults yeah and it's often women that will say isn't he good and I'm like why are you calling a grown man good and they used to they used to pieces of shit I'm a modern man mate you know what I mean I'll cook you a spag bowl I'll rock her to sleep as somebody who doesn't I'll have kids, I'm when so pleased with myself for dropping that bomb on the two of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, the living shit out I'm of so other. chuffed with you this. You say dropping that bomb on the two of us I feel like I was the <laughs> I feel like I was ground zero and in that And you know instance. that I've got anger issues anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, though, like when Holly was pregnant with Lexi, what surprised me was how many people would congratulate me and say, well done. I'd be like, oh, yeah, Holly's pregnant. But, oh, well done, mate. Right. Yeah, I mean, I'd be like, oh, back. thanks. Ooh. I don't like getting a ship in a bottle. How do they do that? That's back to the space thing again. I'm loving this. <laughs> this is great. It's questions within questions. Um, at the edge of the universe, there's a man trying to get a ship into a bottle mm. while What's rocking, rocking his baby, baby to sleep. <laughs> that's the, I'm fairly sure that's the answer to your question. That's what life is. We're all just trying to get a big old ship in a bottle, aren't we? Uh, Esther, do you feel adequately transplained to, do you feel like your big question has been answered? Do you know what? I'm just going to take it and I'm not going to have any more discussion about it. I'm just going to accept that that's what it is because I can't. It's stressing me out. 
It's too much nice. to think about. That's isn't it? good. It's too much. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, in that case, I dare say it's probably time to move on to audience questions. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Oh, John's back. That's oh. great. Oh. John, great. Hello. Oh, it's one in, one out in the, the studio. Esther's just gone, though. That's weird. You just missed Esther. She's left and you've turned up. We can't be in the same room together. Probably. That makes me suspicious. As a transgender woman, what I'll say is I think there might be something sneaky going on here. That is made me suspicious. Um, Esther Monique, John. <laughs> John, it's good to have you back. Thanks. Uh, shall we do some audience questions? The I'm three up of us, it. then. I'm totally up for it. Me and the Slick Boys. Right, well, then... Marcy, Marcy has emailed askjordan at off-script.co.uk to ask, why don't penguins' feet freeze? Penguins' feet are like those, uh, you know, those little tea bag things that keep your hands warm. <laughs> Basically, well, they, have to, they have to crack them. They've got a little clicker in there. Got oh, yeah. That you get in like a shopping centre for like five quid. Like yeah, little... or like a glow thing. stick. That can't you know be I mean? true, though, because if that was the case, then they would melt the ice. Wouldn't they? Why do you think the ice caps are melting, John? <laughs> oh, I think we those... might have just discovered. <laughs> just solved global warming. It. <laughs> Get some slippers for penguins. Uh, it's because that slippers for penguins sounds like a jumpers for goalposts podcast, <laughs> doesn't it? Uh, slippers th- for penguins sounds like a band I supported in school. <laughs> Definitely, they were headlining. Uh, the uh, I think the probably the real reason is because there's no actual meat in the old feet, is there? There's no meat in a in a penguin's foot. That's great. There's nothing it's also to freeze. Expression. There's nothing to freeze. It's just flaps of skin and bone. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I think it is. Like an ear. You know, there's no real meat in the ear. It's just cartilage. And yeah. I would fully get behind that argument. If you told that to me in a pub, I'd tell other people that from now on that that was the truth. Have Definitely. you seen a yeah. penguin's foot as well? They've got like a toenail. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't mean to call them out on it. <laughs> Yuck, you filthy little birds. <laughs> they've got like a, they've got a, oh, like a weird toenail that like you wouldn't expect like to be on a, a penguin. Like a vestigial claw, like a velociraptor's got. Like, like, like in Velociraptor where he holds up that thing. And yeah, it's like, when, this is what they crack. Yeah, when he right. does the thing across, right across the belly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, their do, it's their do claw, isn't it? They need that. No. They need that. <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> It's got like a little do claw. What's a do claw? Do you mean a Jew claw? D E W. I mean, let's really stuff. pronounce this properly, please. <laughs> Diction is incredibly important. What are you talking about, a do claw? Like it's for doing stuff. <laughs> <laughs> don't say like it like that's I an expression that is. Yeah, like exists. it's a do claw for doing stuff. So, you know, for example. What, like iPads and that? Just so you've got the. Is that so? <laughs> you don't use your nails on an iPad, do you? You do if you're uh, a penguin. Any, anybody over the age of 45, <laughs> you, must have, you must have a flip case. <laughs> you must have a flip case. Put your glasses to the end of your nose and hold your phone at arm's length. You know, you know when you're trying to get the batteries out of something and you can't get your. Because you haven't got a nail, you, you can't get it underneath. That's right. what it's for. So we're saying if you need to get batteries out of something, what you need is a pick penguin. Up a penguin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right, all right. I think I'm Perfect. I'm satisfied with that explanation. Yeah. Matthew from North London wants us to uh, define 
Charisma. Let's put an exclamation mark. Oh. Serious. And he's put an exclamation mark as well. He's that so serious like, about it. That sounds like someone said to him, you You've got no charisma. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, define charisma then. <laughs> yeah, it's like we put, this is a back and forth we've had with him for the last five weeks. Like, You've like, got no charisma, can I, Matt. Can I please come on the podcast? No, I'm sorry, Matt. You've got no yeah. charisma. Uh, I doubt that's true. I think Matt's probably full of charisma. Well, charisma is, is the ability to be able to get through life by not being very good at stuff. I think that's called a chancer, isn't it? A chancer, yeah, but chancers have got charisma, mate. I'm really glad that we have kicked it off because the first thing I would have said is with charisma, let's not confuse charisma with being like a nice person. Oh, like, yeah, Hitler had loads of charisma. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like, yeah, it's, it's, you're right, it's, a, it's Machiavellian. It's yeah, like being yeah. able to get through things without... Sort of this entire podcast, from my perspective, like answering people's questions without really having the answers. Mm. Yeah, Animals are a good judge of charisma. Dogs and cats, for example, know if you've got charisma. They like you. Like if they oh, like you, right. you've probably got charisma. If you haven't got any charisma, chances are cats and dogs don't that like you. That is that's insane what, what you just that said. There. <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about? Like if you if you if you've got like a little bit of buzz about you, I'm doing a shoulder thing, I don't know why. But if you're nice, that's usually charisma, isn't it? <laughs> what do you mean, mate? Yeah, the animals they know yeah, things animals we don't know. know. Animals know stuff that we don't know. Why would they want you to have more charisma? They don't want what you about, to like you know, the archetypal crazy cat lady. Yeah. I don't imagine them being particularly charismatic, mate. Yeah, of course they yeah, are. They're man. chatting to people in pound cat- stretcher. Pets are used to, for people that are like lonely and haven't got charisma and stuff. <laughs> you are you telling a, these people? You've got just, a cat and a dog. <laughs> <laughs> a sweeping generalisation that people who've got pets are lonely people. <laughs> not all people. Not all people have got pets are lonely. Right. But, you know, most lonely people have got pets, aren't they? <laughs> have they? Well, I don't know. I don't know either. I've got too much charisma. Yeah. Mate, I know. <laughs> All right, follow-up question. Outside of a dog or a cat, what's uh, what would be your go-to um, emotional support animal? Ooh. Something that can't run. Right. So I mean, something that lives in a cage, like a hamster or a guinea pig or something like that. Follow good. you around in a little ball. That'd yeah. be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something that completely relies on you, I think, is a good emotional support I don't support think animal. you've understood what an emotional support animal is. So you, you'd get an animal that mm. couldn't escape your clutches. Yes. Because... So, so, <laughs> You made it sound weird, Jordan. I didn't mean it to be weird. What I meant was something that relies on you and, and you know, loves you and, and wants you, and wants you uh, there so all the time. so it's reciprocatory. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's yeah. nice. Otherwise, you know, if you've got like a parrot or something that's intelligent and just doesn't give a shit if you're there or not. Parrots is a perfect example of animals got charisma but not that much intelligence. Exactly. Just because it can talk, we're like, oh, it's so clever. It's just repeating what we're saying. Absolutely. You just don't want an emotional support animal that'll get more questions right on the chase than you would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is true. I think yeah. I'd have a bear. What? A bear. Like an emotional support. I don't like being the big spoon. I just want to cuddle something. <laughs> you want to be cuddled? Well, yeah. John, John can be your emotional support animal, and he can have an hamster. And that's yeah, a lovely little trio. Can't be the big spoon on the size of him. <laughs> Brutal. Uh, Becky says, should kids bother to learn neat handwriting anymore? Oh, is it important? Absolutely not. No, my handwriting is like hieroglyphics, mate. You don't need it. You don't need it. As long as someone can work out what you're trying to say, that's fine. Yeah, no, I disagree. Wholeheartedly, Why? I think you because it's, me. It's, it's big. Yeah, I get like everything's on a screen now, but I just think there's something about like taking time over the words that you're writing <sighs> means that you think about it a little bit more. No. People write in text speak now, and that's supposed to be okay. Yeah, but you, when you write something with handwriting, you write it in the big sort of round bubble letters of a 14 year old girl. <laughs> You've practically got a heart instead of the dot on an eye. <laughs> Do you connect them as well with like those little rope bridges to every letter? <laughs> That's how we used to learn about it. It was like, you, could you walk across the word? And if oh, you couldn't, right, then you'd yeah. not done it right. Oh, I write, I write everything in capitals. That's the only way you'll ever read it. <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah, I just, I know, I think, yeah, I think you probably know, you know, practical point in learning it. But I think, you know, 
just just a, take a little bit of time over your over your words, mate. You just don't like things to change, do you? You want things to stay the oh, same. I just want things to stay the same. <laughs> Such a dad. It's unbelievable. <laughs> should be writing in hieroglyphics. <laughs> That's what emojis are. Emojis are just modern day hieroglyphics. Come full circle. That's yeah, it. Exactly. Why do you think they call it a tablet? It's a stone hey, tablet. Come on! I mean, this is a phone, so it don't really serve my purpose of my analogy, but you know what I mean. Lucy from Nottingham. Assuming that humans are continuing to evolve, what are we going to look like and be able to do in a billion years? Lucy, I think you might be giving us a little bit too much credit there. Oh God, a billion, billion years. years. A billion years. We'll have an eye on the end of our finger. On your on your do finger, yeah. How inconvenient <laughs> that would be. No, you know, like the the um. Sorry, to, <laughs> I'm doing my two fingers at the team now. Um, yeah. so like your index finger would be fine, but you'd have a you'd have an eye on the middle finger. Okay, why? Oh. So you could because because like, how many times you need to see something and your head don't fit in the thing you need to see. <laughs> Never, never, never. Ever. Oh, shut never. All right, so you know when you drop something down the side of the sofa, for example. You're just you're a like, cat. You're a cat. You're, you're just around get... in the darkness. Or, I don't know, more recently, I had to fit a new toilet seat because somebody yeah. in the room doesn't know how to Do operate. You think in a billion a years, you're going to need to find stuff down the side of a sofa. You're off your head, mate. What do you mean? Of course We're you are. We're going to have downloaded our brains into a machine. Oh, no. You're yeah. still going to need to sit down, and whatever you're sitting on, you're going to drop stuff down Why the side gonna of it. Why are you going to need to sit down? What do you mean? Because we've got, you know, that's how we work. Are we going to have asses yes. in a billion years? You, what, you think we will have evolved away our assholes? No, I'm yes. sorry. That I didn't say assholes, gonna... John. I said buttocks. I was well, talking about the, the bit. That's still going to be that end, isn't it? Still have a hole. What if it's just, what if you're a worm? What if we're oh, a worm? God, well, so we're going evolve... <laughs> to evolve to be a worm. A no, really that's... A clever that's, one that's, with an eye on the end. That's devolving. <laughs> that is devolving. We're going to, no, what's going to happen is, is we're going to get to a point where we can download our thoughts and memories into computers. And then, you know, that will then be attached to whatever the machine that traverses the earth better. Well, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah. Like, you're not going to need a sofa or like a little middle finger with an eyeball on it so that you can look uh, around the back of your cabinet. <laughs> I love the idea of a supercomputer with a little finger as well. So we are all in it, but it's also got a little finger that's got yeah. an eye on the end. I think, uh, to be honest, oh I, think that's, I think that's the way it's going. That's the way it's going. <laughs> okay, who makes these computers? Who makes these computers, right? If we're it's so... the year 247,899. No one has lost keys in 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> you just had to piss at me at every turn, and I'm not, I'm not standing oh, for it. The days of not knowing what was on top of the fridge are gone. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be vegan. I know that much. Do you reckon? Yeah, we'll all be vegan because yeah. we're robots. And we animals, yeah, animals won't exist. We'll just all, we'll all eat slime through a tube, like a frube. You know, like frubes. It'll yeah. be like that. It'll be like space food. I think we'll eat ram. What? Ram. That's an animal. <laughs> no, You've gone no, backwards. Random you, random, <laughs> you mean ra- random? You think we'll eat ram? Yeah. You're so weird. Yeah, it would be computers. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a billion years, we're not going to be here, are we? Well, not with that with... attitude. <laughs> Lucky if we're bit... here in ten. <laughs> yeah, a little bit pessimistic. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I mean, to be fair, it looks like everything's going exactly as we need it to right now. <laughs> Tom asks, given that dough is a universal food stuff, mm. yeah, Ross, your mm. area of expertise, John's nodding as well. You've enjoyed some dough in your you time. You can eat dough as it is. You don't need to cook it. Given that it's a universal <laughs> foodstuff that's been around since the beginning of time, well, let me have that. How come the Italians invented pizza? Right, so I think what he's asking is how come, since dough's been around forever, Italians were the only people to, what, squish it flat and turn it into a circle? Yeah, well, I mean, that's <laughs> we don't know for certain that's the case, do we? They were the first people to call it a pizza. So it's a flawed premise is what you're saying. Yeah, are, you, saying... are you saying that Tom should... Give up on... Yeah, I'm saying you had one question, Tom. <laughs> you had what? This, that was your moment. 
And you fucked it. <laughs> I'm sorry, Tom. Tom, I'm so sorry about him. Well, well, I've got Tom and his Italian heritage here. And really, what you've done is you've really upset him. <laughs> oh, uh, no, why? I actually know the answer to this. Okay. No, you don't. I, I actually on. do. <laughs> I, I think I, I don't Tenor know where well. this is bullshit, Jordan. I, I, I've, got, I've got a good theory. Here we right. go. Here we this go. Is right. This is what the show is all about. Honestly, all right, Ross McGrain. yourself in right. because this is true stories, mate. When the Italians didn't have tomatoes until like, you know, a couple of hundred years ago. That is true. So right. it was dough up until they found tomatoes and they're like, you know what this dough needs? Bit of that red shit. That's actually probably the answer. Exactly. You know what's terrifying? If I could drop this mic, I'd drop it. You know what's terrifying is you might have actually stumbled across the real life thing there instead of just ridiculous. I know. Yeah. I told you my field of expertise. All right, that's great. So we're saying that until 200 years ago, ish. we had circular flatbread. Thank yeah. you, ish. Mm. And then Italians discovered tomatoes or yeah. were give, gifted tomatoes by some extraneous force. Yeah, they were discovered, I think. I don't know. Not 100% sure. <laughs> and then they thought, oh, I'll stick that on there. That'll give yeah. it some variety. Oh, lay pizza. I mean, that was Mexican. But like, <laughs> oh, I've got a pizza now. That's imagine a genuine explanation. So the, so the Italians had tomatoes sort of delivered to them from somewhere else. Imagine being wherever else that <laughs> yeah, other place is. Yeah, probably or something. I, don't, I doubt it was that. But whoever else the other people were, like the Italians have smashed it with the tomato. Do you know what I mean? They, they've made it good. That's like giving somebody else something, them being absolutely fantastic with it, and you just must look at uh, it and think, yeah. I'm such a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't I discover this amazing thing? Where did I they get them from? Just had a, a little birdie in my ears. Mm, you're producer say... Ben Backhouse, he's found out where tomatoes come from. Where are you going to say from? Bolivia? Do you want to have a... Is it Bolivia? Do you have another guess? Because this is really weird. Okay. Scunthorpe. <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is it chilly? Well, it's quite cold in here, but that's enough to the They come from the Andes. Oh, did I? Oh, wow. But, like, Why? Because you can't carry them in just your armies. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, come on! Disgusting. Come That's, on! The Andes, wild. they're mountains. Are they mountains? Or has so, the Andes yeah. got some mountains? Have I confused? I think the Andes, the Andes are mountains, yeah. He's gone and met, climbed a mountain mm. to get a tomato and bring it back to the people of Italy. That's great. That's exciting. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I bought a clip in, really, because you just bring one tomato. That tomato ain't even going to be... It's going to be perishable, isn't no, it? No, because... it gets down the bottom of the mountain, that's dead. loads of seeds in it, they, the tomato. Great thing about discovering at the top of a mountain, it's really easy to get it back down again. Yeah, you just drop them and they roll down. <laughs> and the other thing, the other thing about tomatoes as well, why they're perfectly suited for mountains, is if you heat up a tomato, that yeah. holds heat like nothing else in the world. Yeah. That's a good so point, you actually. heat it at the bottom of the mountain, by the time you get to the top, that is still going to be warm. It's like little hand warmers. Yeah, it's perfect yeah. for putting on a little penguin's feet. Oh. They keep their feet nice and warm, you'll be living the dream. <laughs> Well, that was audience questions. I feel like we have uh, we've provided people with the explanations they deserve. Thanks for writing in. If you do want to ask something, you can always email me at askjordan at off-script.co.uk. Let us move on now to Esmanito's small question. Oh, John's gone again. You keep missing John Esmanito. Welcome back. <laughs> thing. I'm beginning to think there actually was a thing there, wasn't there? He did. He turned yeah. up outside my house, rose in the teeth, suit, and <laughs> oh said, will you God. just give me a chance? Oh, and so... I said, John, you've seriously got a back on. <laughs> it's really, he's really ruined it, hasn't he? And stopped standing behind my bins. It's a shame, because he'd be a great dad. <laughs> it's really good with kids. <laughs> we can't both do stand-up. <laughs> Who's going to be with the kids? Who's going to look after the kids? Well, I mean, I'm glad that you're here, Esther. John's gone. On a completely unrelated topic, thank you to our diligent engineer, Ed Gill, <laughs> for all his hard work today. Completely unrelated to the fact that John's now not here, but Esther is. Uh, Esther, I reckon it'd be nice now to present the world with your small question. Have you got like a little question that's not as big as space itself? How can we make a daily routine easier so that women never, ever have to do makeup on the tube? What about if you just 
Straight in Didn't from a man, brilliant. <laughs> what do you want me to do? <laughs> Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm on the podcast. What, what am I supposed to do? Just, do you want me to just Russ, go and wait just outside? Just rock your baby to sleep. Me and Esther are chatting. <laughs> Would you want me to go and pick up a copy oh, of The Guardian or something? Uh, Ross, I am sorry to interrupt. You were about to explain yeah, how what? we save time as women during the day. Well, you know, at risk of getting more shit thrown in my direction, how about you just put on less makeup and get there on time? It's valid. Right, so well, why, do, why does society need to change so you can do your eyebrows? All right, you're going away from the point. I thought what you were going to say is we don't need as much makeup as a society. Why, we don't, well, like, like why should society change? Because you slags <laughs> want to look, saying, look like sluts. Oh my um, God. Wow, Ross. This is unbelievable. You're like Father Jeremy of a daughter. Paxson, you are. <laughs> <laughs> I should, you're like Piers Morgan. I will twist every single word that comes out of your masculine mouth. Oh my God. I feel like Andrew Tate. I think I haven't done I'd, nothing. Please, can I still have a lift on? <laughs> <laughs> um, as a, as a general thing, though, that's a, that's worth exploring. The idea that all right, to find more time in a schedule to do makeup, so it doesn't have to be done or, in the inconvenient place of a train, or, or that we don't have to, or that we're not expected to look like we are freshly made up. Which would you yeah. prefer personally? Yeah, I think as the father of a daughter, I would like it if women didn't feel the societal pressures that they feel to look a certain way. Yeah, that'd be nice. As a transgender woman, what I say is I do sort of have to go the extra mile just to sell it to the even. <laughs> you don't what wear I need, a lot of makeup. I don't. Thank you for thank you for saying that. You're right. No, thank you for accurately <laughs> no, assessing that. No, but, you, no, but you're right. Uh, but the reason is the thing. I all I have to signal to somebody is what I think I am. I don't mind what they think, but so long as they think what I'm going for, like basically what am I going for so that they go okay that person believes himself to be a female I shall use the pronouns that make them happy oh I see uh, that's all I'm, I don't mind about anything else if they get it wrong that's that's fine life that's just life but they need to know at least what I'm going for it's nobody's fault if I bowl out in well I don't even know what would be particularly masculine nowadays it's all falling apart in a good way taxi driver today taxi driver helped me into the boot no, he didn't. Wow. I didn't but, uh, wow. he not helped... very progressive, Jordan. No, is no, not at all. He helped me. <laughs> Taxi driver pops me in the boot with his assault kit. He helped me with my keyboard into the boot, but without me asking. Typical. It's like, oh, yeah, love. That's what he said. He's like, yeah, love. I'll do that. And he put it in the boot. At some point between me getting into his car, then he decided I wasn't a woman anymore. But then in his mind, he's called me love, but he's called a man love. And Gosh, what an insult that is as a man to call a man a woman. So in his mind, he decided that I was... How do you know that he had changed his mind? Because then he started to aggressively overcompensate with every uh... single sentence. Ah, oh, are you all right back there, young man? How you doing, oh, chief? Oh, my God. <laughs> like, oh, nice day today, fella. Do you think, though, that he panicked? Yeah. Yeah. It's, oh, and that's, yeah. I don't mind. It's sweet. It's, it was really sweet. Both times he was being really sweet. But in his mind, he decided that that he now needed to let me know that he had made a mistake. Um. <laughs> and he's just going further and further away from the desired effect. So I'll, I'll pop on some earrings, maybe, Esther, or whatever. You've, you've seen me more than anyone. You know, Ross, that I'm not, don't really, I'm a bit of a tomboy, really. Yeah, I've, I've never seen, apart from obviously Friday Night Live, you're a bit doled up then, a little bit of makeup, but I think. Underdressed, if anything, I should say. But I think I, I've always kind of like, I, I've never been. I'm not like a, a big fan of like the the too much makeup and the and, and all that sort of stuff from a, from a man's point of view. I'm not attracted to. I'm more attracted to the kind of. And you say no you're makeup. from Essex. I know exactly. It won't be because I'm surrounded by it, mate. Yeah. It's like the contrast is broken. My eyes when I leave the house. You know. Yeah. What I mean? It's a funny old one though because um, I always get misgendered on the phone. 
because I've really? got quite a deep voice. Wow, okay. Oh, interesting. And it, I've got to say, I've never, it's never bothered me, but I know friends of mine, or when I used to have quite short hair, I would often get, especially because I'm tall and stuff, but it's never, that's never, ever bothered me. But friends of mine have been really yeah. like... As an audio medium... Uh, at this point, I should point out that the lovely Esther Minito uh, identifies as female. <laughs> this is a bit, I mean, there is a video for that as well. I suspect what I've done there is completely assumed. But yeah. I assume that was right. Is that the correct assumption? Yeah, yeah I mean, Good. if she identified as male, she'd have been bang out of order for rinsing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Still Still or at least a birth there. I'm making up words now. <laughs> I know. Don't. I'm going, what? What's the term? <laughs> Don't ever think that anything I say is the real term. I have to learn all the terms, all the different new sexualities and stuff. It's lovely. But you get to a point in the alphabet and the acronym where you go, all right, from this point, no more information is going in. Okay. And that's the next generation will deal with this properly. <laughs> and for yeah, me, yeah. It's, gotten to, it's gotten quite far. I think I know all the words. But it's gone into quite a spiritual place towards the end of the acronym. And I'm sort of an atheistic of a person. So I'll give you your genders and your, and your sexualities. Two spirit. I don't believe in one spirit. I'm, why two spirit? Have you Hang heard on. of two spirit before? What's two, two spirit? spirit? What's this? Two spirit is this wonderful Native American sort of lineage thing where the, the person identifies as having two spirits living inside them, one male and one female. It's a lovely idea, but I'm not. Oh, and that's <laughs> not a Native gonna... American thing. Uh, yes, I believe so. Two spirit. I'd have a to look spirit. into that. It's, I quite like that. Idea. It's lovely. It's really nice. But okay. spirits, I put a little soft penciled uh, full stop there. Yeah. And I'm like, from a question mark from yeah. here. And then other people, from, from then on, anything more progressive than that, it's hard for me to get my head around. Yeah, I'm... same. Yeah, my other half's very much into spirituality and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And, like, and I really want to be interested and, and excited by it. But I'm too atheistic and oh, sceptic. What about you, Esther? What's your... I think I'd probably be more spiritual. I'm not not spiritual, but I don't follow a religion. But, but you, like crystals and all that sort yeah. of stuff? Yeah, you're into all that? Yeah. Not so much crystals, but I do like my candles. Yeah, yeah. Your candles are right. They've got, no, they've but got like, an actual I love function. sitting and just watch it. I mean, I shared um, a flat with um, Lily Phillips and she walked into my room and I was just sat there and I was just watching my candles and I find it a really good way just to zone out. And she was like, of all the people, I never, ever thought in a million fucking years I'd walk in to see you watching candles and just going, this is just my zen. But I do like a candle. I do that with the children, just sit there and watch candle burn. If you had a sky. <laughs> we don't have any money. You'll watch a candle burn, all right? I this mean, is the good bit. I, I will say, if you're looking for extra time in the morning, maybe a little bit less time staring into a tiny little flame. Um, Get your fucking face on. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Do it at the same time. Mirror behind the candle, and then you've got quite a lovely tableau of yourself, almost like you're looking at your own funeral. It's quite nice, really. You're looking oh at your face, God. got the candle, do your makeup. But you know what's amazing is when you used to have time to get ready. Like, do you remember like when you were a student, you wouldn't start the day till like 10 or whatever and you had mm. time to get ready. And now I just find that there's just never time and it's such a waste of time. That's why I'd say never, ever bother with makeup or just a little bit. Yeah. Just never bother with it because it just is so like annoying. It's time consuming. And you and... get used to it and then it's quite a big thing yeah. to then to go out without makeup. I also think it's a, a big question is, is why we, uh, you know, as a society, we, we decide that we're going to rent our life to someone for 30 grand and spend all that, have to be in work at nine o'clock, have to travel there for two hours either side. Yeah. That's the real thing, isn't it? You know, just that, don't I mean, just don't wear makeup. You've oh, got don't go to work. Well, don't go work. We've both produced, we've presented a, a, an answer piece, and it's up to you, really. Don't go to work. Don't, I think don't, go, to work. don't go to work. Uh, Quit the rat race. Wear as much makeup yeah. as you like then. <laughs> yeah, but you kind of need money to buy the makeup, don't you? 
Or yeah, save, well. or don't do, no more candles, give up the candles, save Never. yourself a bit of, right, well, it sounds like that's pretty definitive then, it's quit work. Are you wearing, like, foundation now? No. I've got, See? I've got that's some why she doesn't mascara. Yeah. Look at that skin. And I've got, look at that skin. I've had to do my bloody makeup on yeah. the train. That's why she was late. I like <laughs> Yeah, I just got off the <laughs> street, spent an extra 10 15 minutes doing my makeup. Uh, Esther, do you feel between myself and Ross McGrain, we might have provided you with some explanation? Do you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna stop wearing as much makeup. You're saying that your body language is saying otherwise, though, Esther. You're saying my body that. language is saying I'm livid about it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like our, our answers are making you more angry at every stage. Space, Everything makes no me angry. Space. I don't even realise I'm getting angry. Well, I entered this podcast studio a progressive left-wing male, and <laughs> no. I've left an absolute misogynist, apparently. That's all it takes nowadays. Say one wrong thing. Don't diss well, candles, I think, is the... Don't, don't ever diss my candles. <laughs> you can take away my mascara, but never take away my candles. <laughs> Do you have one for Lent? One of them Lent ones? No, I have um, I have, a, I have a big gold one, and then I have lots of different coloured ones. God, it sounds like a shrine. It is a bit, isn't it? I do love a candle, though. I love it. God, it's lucky you're not single, because I think walking into a bedroom with that many candles is absolute red flags, mate. <laughs> if I was single, I would stay single. <laughs> Can't be doing with all that <laughs> And that is in the can. You can tell, John, me. from me. <laughs> when I... It's not happening, John. Well, speaking of, I suppose it's probably time for us to wrap up the podcast with a bit of a plug as to what we are each individually doing in our lives. Let us start with Ross and John. Uh, well, we the next thing that we're doing together that we, we do need to sell tickets for is uh, going out with Ross and John. That's our sort of theatre show, if you like. It's uh, sketches. It's loads of ridiculous stuff. When is it? Twenty uh, fifth of Feb, twenty twenty three. Tickets are fifteen quid. Uh, it's supporting a really great local theatre as well. Well, local if you live near it, obviously. Yeah, Thameside Theatre in Greys. It's on the twenty fifth of Feb, twenty twenty three. Going out with Ross and John. Uh, tickets are available from uh, Thameside and of course, the two of you on Radio Essex on a weekly basis, what time of day and when? Uh, we are weekend breakfast, 8 till 12. Uh, and if you're in the South End area or thereabouts, uh, I run a weekly gig that's free to get in. Esmanito, what are you doing? What are you doing with your life? What's going on? OK, so I'm, I'm currently writing a new show at the minute and I'm going to be doing some previews end of January and February and March, hopefully taking it on tour. And it's actually about anger and it's called Hell Hath No Fury. <laughs> and I presume Angry people can birds. find out at estermanito.co.uk. Would that be an accurate assessment? <sighs> yeah, I need to update my website. Maybe just go on Instagram. <laughs> go on Instagram. <laughs> Got loads of things up there already as well, haven't you? How much of this is happened and how much is going to happen? Next up, you're going to be on Next Up. Is your show streaming on Next Up or is it already? It already is. So it's streaming on Next Up uh, as well as sets at the Live at the Apollo and BBC and the Stand Up Sketch Show on ITV2. All that stuff's presumably online yeah. for people to watch. Loads yeah. of stuff. You're, you are the internet, Esther Manito. <laughs> That's great. That's you lovely. are the internet. Even the dark places. <laughs> on the dark web, which never ends. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all so much. John as well, even though he's in absentia. So embarrassed and he's not here, but we're here. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Don't forget, if you have something you want to ask, email askjordan at off-script.co.uk or don't. I'm not your mum. Be sure to rate, <laughs> review and subscribe to the podcast and tell your mates about us too. Transplaining is an off-script production produced by Ben Backhouse and executive producer Louise Berry. I'm Jordan Gray. It's been nice to have you here. Have you had a nice time? Have well, a lovely, lovely time. time. You see, you Ooh, can agree on something. There you go. <laughs> oh, and you've both got kids. Yeah. <laughs>
that's a weird way this is like the worst not... marriage counselling session <laughs> in the world <laughs> that's it, that's it. look you've both got kids deal with it um, thank you so much for joining me and I shall see you all about the place and about the circuit because we're all comedians aren't we yeah you've been listening to comedians with kids getting coffee uh, I'm Jordan Gray thanks why am I looking at the camera I was at a camera Everyone on camera mate should have done your makeup <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.